Shut your eyes. Stop your ears. Hold your breath. Whisper a prayer, then take your shot. Roll the dice. Spin the wheel. So little in our lives is left under our control. The rest is chance. We fix our eye on a distant star, cross our fingers and plead with merciless providence to give us just one small break. A game we play again and again, until one way or another, our number finally comes up at the unseen hour. Show business is a world of temptations. Bright lights, baying crowds, the paraphernalia of excess. It is a glamour with a singular ability to convince us that we are on the outside looking in. A will-o'-the-wisp guiding us towards glory or doom. But there is no escape once it has its hook in. A hook that is deeply embedded in the tweed-clad soul of one Rufus Strideforth, entertainer, fourth class, as he arrives in one of the world's greatest cultural centers, with a dream in his heart, a sparkle in his eye, and a set list in his pocket. <sighs> so this is the place. This is where stars are born, where careers are made, and dreams are dashed. Bunting Town! The city of lights and shadows. The city of bifurcating paths. Grimesville, the sloppy bog. The nadir of the one-way system. The carcosa of the fens. Rim Tim Tiggle and his sparkly hat. <laughs> the city of the unseeing eye. New tennis. The city of Edinburgh. <laughs> and its world-famous Fringe Festival. <laughs> I always dreamed it to be like this, you know, the, the crowds, the excessively steep hills, the, the drizzle, the, the, the drizzle. <laughs> ah, here, here the theater where I will reveal my great art to the world, where I will wow the audience and take my rightful place in the stand-up comedy firmament. You there? Are you, uh, Rufus Strideforth? The very same! Well, don't just stand there. You're on stage any minute. You're new to this game, so take it from an old hand. The secret of comedy is uh, punctuality. Mm -hmm. uh, wait, no, I, I mean, uh, no. ask me, and, uh, never mind. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, humans of all varieties, you have been a wonderful audience for our comedians tonight. So supportive! I noticed some of you have even remained awake. <laughs> uh, we have just one more act for you tonight. A fresh face upon an absurdly large set of shoulders. Please welcome Rufus Strideforth. Hello, hello, folks. Hello. Hello, folks. Hello. How, how, how are we this evening? <laughs> I, I said, I said, how are we this evening? <laughs> yeah, all right? I'm a bit tired. Hello. Tired? No, 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 no. No, that won't do. Let's, let's try this again, shall we? 
How are we doing this evening? All right, thanks. Yep, still a bit tired. No! Well, uh, I suppose that was... I suppose that was just a little bit better. <laughs> Moving along, just uh, let me get this, this microphone. I'm, I'm quite tall, you know, guys. I... <laughs> there we are. That's the microphone adjusted. So, Brexit. <laughs> Isn't that... You know, that with the uh, Brexit and all, and uh, <laughs> Donald Trump as well. <laughs> uh, you know, because of millennials and, and um, you know what they're like with... with <laughs> I, I, I wear a lot of tweed, you know. Uh, and look, look at, look at the, the, the tweed and the big shoulders and... Uh, Brexit, it's very, very bad. And silly, isn't it? Have you noticed? You listen. You're not really, you're not really giving me very much back here. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do something important, folks. And and, and you've you've got you've got to work with me a little. So, you know, what about Brexit? What what about it? What it's not about? What what do you mean? It, it's Brexit. What? Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Doing what? You are a bad audience. You're a poorly drawn parody of a stand-up comedian. Oh, but they're heckling me. What, what, what do I do? Try telling a joke. Oh, I remember when comedians used to tell jokes. <laughs> nobody, nobody wants to hear jokes anymore. They want, they want meaningless political buzzwords and echo chambers and meandering anecdotes about me and how stupid everyone who isn't me is. In that case, you're doing wonderfully, carry on. No, you're no help at all. May, may, maybe if I could just... Maybe I could just nibble on, on something for a moment. Uh, uh, oh, oh, something to eat. What, what, what's this in my pocket? Is, is this... I, I don't even remember buying a haggis. <laughs> yup, what's me alone? <laughs> the finest tender young heart of an innocent lamb. It's succulent and spongy lungs. It's smooth, mouth-watering liver, delicately ground, seasoned to an ancient traditional recipe, and lovingly boiled in the firm and springy stomach of the very same animal. A little bit about me, there, in case you were wondering. <laughs> I suppose just a, a little snack to calm me down won't hurt. <laughs> Oh, 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 stop! No, 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 I'm dying! Oh, no! Oh, I'm fulfilling my purpose! Oh! <laughs> What's he doing now? Is he eating an agus? Um, just a little more. Oh, I have another one in this pocket! Oh, 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 oh. as I'm being consumed, being a weird magic haggis, I make a prophecy. Hail to thee, wild stride forth. Wild stride forth, that's not in the script. <laughs> Stooge of the unseen eye. Hail to thee, large stride forth, journeyman to a bright city. Hail to thee, loud stride forth, who shall be an award-winning smash hit hereafter. A smash hit? <laughs> How can that be? I'm absolutely bombing. Oh, and I can't stop stress-eating. Oh, look at him go. Well, I've never seen a man eat so much awful. There's something mesmerising about them, isn't it? Well, it's going back oh. for more. Yeah, well, how many pockets can a tweed jacket have? Oh, it's wonderful. It's 
Sensational! Hooray for Strunt! What? Oh, yeah, yes, of course. I'm, I'm, I'm a hit. Hooray! Thank you, thank you, thank you. And you, thank you. Best newcomer, Rufus Dryforth, a revolution in experimental comedy. Five stars. You've never seen a ripping like it. What? Pardon? What's this now? These could be your headlines tomorrow morning, Mr. Strideforth. Wow! This is my press officer, Miss Featherstone, and you, my dear fellow, are about to be the most popular entertainer in all of Edinburgh Festival. I am. But you will need management. I can help. My name is Dr. Albert Crick. I have a number of ideas, a print run, interviews, a few, well, a new title. Let us iron out the details, please. Step into my monologue. I just burned my hand on an iron. As I turned to pick up some clothes from the pile, my elbow nudged it, knocking it off the board. Instinctively, I grabbed it, throwing all thoughts of my own safety to the wind. It was only a moment later, as my consciousness caught up, that the full extent of my reckless heroism hit me, causing me to drop it again as I recoiled in agony. It's at times like these that I like to take a step back and evaluate everything before I react too dramatically. After musing on the incident for a while, I deemed it a fortunate event. Let me explain. I have a process to help me come to terms with any misfortune. It starts by looking at how unfortunate I have been. Firstly, in this case, my baser instincts overrode the part of me that feels in total control all the time and showed me I am a slave to the whims of my subconscious. Second, it's clear now that although omnipotent, my subconscious doesn't have my best interests at heart. Its intervention in the natural conclusion of the event purely served to cause me injury, something I try to avoid at all costs. Thirdly, and finally, on reflection, it's unfortunate that I'm wasting precious hours of my fleeting life making clothes slightly flatter to appease a dress code in an office that will soon replace all diligent, dedicated office drones like myself with AI that can do the job much faster, more efficiently, and for free. <laughs> now, it might seem to you that I'm being overly negative about everything, but this is only stage one of the process. The second stage, is to look at how fortunate I am. For example, although myself and billions like me stand on the precipice, looking out at a future where machines have made us completely redundant, those same machines will shortly take over the ironing process, and I will no longer fall victim to the violent malevol malevolence of my own primitive brain. By the same token, when our cars can drive themselves, I'll no longer be at risk of being smeared along a pavement by a an ecstasy-fueled teenager whose highly altered conscience has told him that he'll make it home if he just drives a bit slower. Our bright future aside, even the fact I'm ironing at all is fortunate, as it means I exist. <laughs> Have you ever thought deeply about how lucky you are to exist? I mean, let's start simply. Had your parents not been feeling amorous on the day you were conceived, you wouldn't be here today. Obvious. I know, but
but how fragile a situation that was. What if, instead of taking your mother on a romantic date to a nice sushi restaurant, your father had opted for the slightly cheaper but equally exotic Indian buffet two doors down? She may have had a wonderful evening, but by the time they got home and a few too many helpings of the spinach balti had rendered her a little gaseous, any strenuous romance would have been off the cards and your chance would have passed, never to return. Now, what if the same had happened to either of your sets of grandparents? What if Hans Schmidt hadn't dropped the bomb that blew Charles Douglas to smithereens on Dunkirk Beach, instead allowing him to return home to your granny, carrying her through the Victory Day celebrations past your pining grandfather who would never have gotten the chance to mend her broken heart? Thank God for the Nazis, eh? <laughs> now, this applies down the generations all through history and prehistory. But perhaps it is more valuable to think of the further removed events that led you to existing. What if one primate hadn't been born with an upright walk or an opposable thumb? What if a meteor hadn't decimated the dinosaurs, allowing the mammals to rise? What if single cells in the primordial soup hadn't decided one day that maybe it was the right time for kids? And where the hell did the Earth come from? At some point in the vast, empty depths of infinite, timeless void of nothing, Everything suddenly exploded into existence, and over the next few billions of years, stuff began sticking together, eventually giving rise to the Earth and life itself. Do you know that the atoms that make up your body are probably as old as time? The same atoms in your body may have made up stars and planets at the furthest reaches of the universe. They might have made dinosaurs, animals, possibly aliens. You may be part Da Vinci or part Genghis Khan, and all the countless people throughout history who failed to make a mark. All of those atoms have been destined since the Big Bang to create you. Wow. Now, we all accept this and don't think on it because, to be honest, our brain evolved to help us find food, mate, and rear children. So the secrets of life, the universe, and everything are a bit taxing, especially when we have shit to iron. <laughs> that said, if you want to think selfishly, all of those things happen to allow you to be, even if it's only for a sliver of time. What an honor. So, now that I've evaluated my fortunes, the third stage of the acceptance process is how will I change my life as a result of my findings? This is the tough one. The realization of how lucky I am to be here is cathartic and uplifting, sure. But ultimately, the truth is that, good fortune or not, I can't show up to the office in a wrinkled shirt. So, I will endure the pain from my freshly grilled hand and finish the ironing safe in the knowledge that when my good fortune really does run out and I slip away into oblivion, while I had no lasting impact on history whatsoever, I did it with a creaseless shirt and a nicely hemmed trouser. <laughs> and anyway, I can rest in eternal peace in the knowledge that as I decay, the atoms that form my ineffectual frame will one day almost certainly make up a tiny part of the next Einstein or the next Marie Curie or the next Hitler. So in my own small way, I've actually had an immeasurably vast impact on history. Burning my hand on the iron really has been the most fortunate event. Thanks, causality. <laughs> Waste five fourth. Oh, do we have to? Yeah, gotta put in an appearance of these shindigs. It's important to be seen at these things. 
And, dear Rufus, everyone admires you so. Ah, Imogen, what a week it has been! What a coincidence that I have made such true friends and fallen so deeply in love just at the exact moment my career has become more successful and lucrative. You deserve it all and more. Ah, yes, I, I thoroughly agree, my darling. Mr. Strideforther, how kind of you to grace us with your company. What a party! All the hottest new talent in one room! Strideforth, as your press officer, I advise you to distance yourself from these two no-opers. It's an inspired piece. One ordinary entertainer eats oodles and oodles of awful. Ooh-yoo! <laughs> Anachronomic titles are very in nowadays. <laughs> well, of course you would think so. Excuse me, but I must seek it company of a higher caliber. You are not really on my level, you know. What? How rude! Very nice work, Strideforth. There he is. That's him. Oh, such big fans. One ordinary entertainer eats oodles and oodles of awful. Oh, always our favourite. We've seen it five times already. Well, thank you. Now, don't be too familiar with this riffraff. We love you. Well, I say. <laughs> Gosh. Well, I, I certainly don't love you back. Don't touch me. <laughs> Deftly handled, Mr. Stratford. Right, what now? Where's the buffet? Here I am. Approach, proud, stride forth, and eat heartily. My goodness, a haggis the size of a dumpster. <laughs> Except instead of being filled with flyers for five-star free improv comedy shows, it's, it's full of delicious offal. It's, it's so beautiful. Why don't you have a taste? No, have mercy, I'm delicious. Spare me, but I must be eaten. Go on. Easy now, Strideforth. You're not getting paid, so no eating. Save it for the stage. Control yourself, Strideforth. We must preserve the integrity of the brand. Yes, yes, yes. Of course, of course, of course. Oh, but it does look delicious. Remember why you started this, Rufus. For the fame and the money, not for a haggis dinner. No, don't listen to her. It was always about the haggis. I'm your only true friend. You can rely on me. Only destruction can come if you forget about your roots. I prophesy that Strideforth will fall when his eaten brings no satisfaction. He will turn to a meat that comes from no animal. And the greater his performance, the more his audience will diminish. No, that sounds like nonsense. You are a silly haggis, and your prophecies are all lies. Darling, are you, uh, are you, uh, are you talking to the haggis? No. What, this, this thing? No, of course not. It, it is a bad haggis, and I'm not eating it. In fact, into the fountain with you! Oh, it's not... Oh, that comes later. I see. In fact, into the fountain with you. We'll see if you're still so lippy when you're submerged in day-glow New Yorker Sam Shaber. No, I warned you, Strideforth. I warned you. Again, I'm squinting My demons are back and they're so convincing The world could end if I don't keep up my pace 
you're so patient You're always open but never vacant You clear a path so I can feel the space Like a light through the black Like a strong hand on my back Like a cool river flows Like a break against the cold Like the value of gold El Dorado El Dorado El Dorado And it's kind of silly How something is big is New York City can't be invisible when you're staring at your feet and it's kind of scary how much you mean and yet how rarely I say I love you when we speak like a light through the black like a strong hand on my back like a cool river flows like a break against the cold like the value of gold El Dorado El Dorado and proud in my face to carry a trace of you your song in my voice and more than a name you have given me a frame on which to build any house of my choice like a light through the black like a strong hand on my back like a cool river flows like a break against the cold like the value of gold like a light through the black like a strong hand on my back like a cool river flow like a break against the cold like the value of gold Two minutes, Mr. Strideforth. The crowd is waiting. Another sellout, naturally. I don't feel well. Can't we cancel tonight? Entirely out of the question. You are a professional now. You have made the commitment. You have signed my contract. Curse you, you blood-sucking vulture. I wish I'd never laid eyes on you! 
You may be as bitter as you like, so long as you eat the requisite amount of offal, we do not have a problem. See you on stage. What's the matter with you, Rufus? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's the diet. I, I might need to eat a vegetable. <laughs> All that awful. Also, the drugs and the alcohol. <laughs> it's the whole lifestyle, really. I, I, I don't feel well. Oh, don't be so pathetic. You won't get anywhere with that attitude. What do you know about it? What have you ever done but leech off of me? Don't you dare! You have no idea how hard it is supporting you. No one's asking you to stay! I hate you! I hate you! I have to go on stage! Disgusting sycophants. This, this is all you came here to see? So let, let's get on with it, shall we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a haggis! Well, why, why aren't you cheering? I'm, I'm performing for you, you ungrateful morons! It's just not the same somehow. I find myself unmoved. Who could have imagined that seeing a man eat his own body weight in sheep entrails could be so... Unsatisfying? Yes, unsatisfying. Oh, no. Eating brings no satisfaction. It is just as the weird hag is predicted. No, 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 no. No, that, that's absurd. That's out of all the details. That, that out of all the details of this story is, for no particular reason, where I draw the line. <laughs> it, it's just a coincidence. Everything will be fine. I'm a star. It's grotesque. I find it offensive. Oh. You're losing them, stride forth, improvise, do something but, good. But, but this, this is the act. Uh, well, what else can I do? You're the artist, you come up with something, and, and if you don't, I'll sue you for breach of contract. Uh, but I don't, I... Oh, okay, um... Brexit? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going, I'm going to... I'm going to need a volunteer. All right. I prefer your early stuff, but I, I still have the vestiges of faith in you. <laughs> well, now, let, let's see. Maybe if, maybe if you hold the haggis, and, and then I... I, I just... <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Look, look, he's in it all. Wait, wait, no. No, that's not haggis. That's, that's my belly. No, you're a... Um, I can't stop! More! More awful! You! No! More awful! Stay away! Stomach and lung! Yes, yes, Stratford, this is excellent. The live stream is catching everything. I've never seen such an online response. Uh, hello, um, uh, we heard the sounds of a cannibalism. Uh, uh, what's going on here? Oh, this is a bloodbath. It's almost as bad as late and live. He's cannibalized the whole audience. Now I'll cannibalize you too. The prophecy is true. Flesh from no animal, my audience diminishing. 
Yeah, I'm being consumed. Yes, Dreadforth. Yes, I'll be rich. And so, the show, as ever, must go on. And as Strideforth's luck turns sour, and that of his audience infinitely worse, millions of viewers from all over the world tune in and watch in rapt fascination, playing and replaying the video cementing the cannibal's place in infamy. But you, dear listeners, must turn from this gruesome scene and follow your own fortune elsewhere until the next unseen hour. We hope you were appetized by the Unseen Hour episode 13, Bright Lights, Sheep Innards. It was recorded live at the Gidlet Balloon in Edinburgh by Andy Goddard. It was performed famously by Bryce Stratford, Joey Timmons, and James Carney, and featured a monologue written by Owen Rickson and performed by Kevin Shen. See Kevin in his show Tea House at 4.50pm uh, until the 18th. The musical guest was Sam Shaber. See Sam in her show Life, Death, and Duran Duran at 5pm every day until the 28th. Theme music, which didn't quite work, by The Unrecorded. Quite literally. The Unseen Hour is created, written, and produced by James Carney. The podcast is produced with a little luck by Andy Goddard. You can find The Unseen Hour throughout the music halls, stages, music halls and stages of the internet. Follow at Unseen Hour on Twitter to see our Edinburgh, recommended, Edinburgh Festival recommendations, our hot takes, and our epigrams. We all look forward to seeing you here again at The Unseen Hour.